Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless you wonderful people again and again. We truly thank you. We thank God for you pressing your way out on this morning. Truly, the Lord is good and he is worthy to be praised. Well, we're going to get right into right into the word of the Lord. Amen. We're going to be sort of in teach mode this morning. And uh, uh, we're going to see what the Lord has for us on today. Well, let's go to the uh, book of Proverbs. Since we're already in Proverbs from our um, devotional scripture, I want to start at Proverbs, the seventh chapter. And I want to give you a uh, first subject. If you just want to write down the subject, the thought that like, we came out of from for today, it would be whosoever hear these sayings of mine, what the Lord told us about there in Matthew. We're going to get to that. But Proverbs. Proverbs is, is going right down the same road, and we're going to go to the book of Proverbs, the seventh chapter. Uh, God got something to say, and I thank God that he has something to say to you and myself, and I'm grateful this morning for just to be able to hear what God has to say. You know, uh, everybody's not able to hear God, and, 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 and this old world is as dark as it is. As much crime as it is, as much violence as it is, and everything that's going on in this world today, I'm so grateful that I can still hear God. So much distraction, distraction everywhere, uh, all around us. You know, it just be, uh, it's just a blessing to be able to hear God uh, in, in spite of what's going on around all of us. Uh, music is playing, the TV is playing, and I tell you, for you to be able to hear anything with so much going on in our world today is nothing but a blessing. I don't know about you, but I remember years ago when I was at home, I've seen my brothers and my sisters get the worst uh, or smack or slap upside their head uh, because they wasn't listening. When mom called them and called them to come to do something, they wouldn't answer that her call. Man, they would get the worst whooping, the worst slap, and say, boy, didn't you hear me call you? Girl, didn't you hear me call you? And so they were into whatever they was into, and they didn't hear the call. And, and it got them in all kinds of trouble. And so I said that to say this, so much is going on in our world today uh, uh, that can get a person off track. And just throw you off just to be able to have an ear to hear. See, everybody can't hear God. People walk on the street, the son of man, he can't hear God. You know, and God is calling. He's calling. He's calling men and women, boys and girls, uh, from the rising of the sun to the going down there. Uh, he, God is calling. He never stopped calling for his sons and his daughters uh, to, to, to hear his voice and come on in. But you know what? They just can't hear God. They just can't hear him for whatever reason. And then there are those that hear him just won't answer. Sometimes you, you've been like that. You have known about like that. Uh, uh, you've probably even been that way yourself. You heard somebody call you, but you just didn't answer. I heard folks talking and many times. I just didn't answer. And folks have, have done God the same way. God is calling them out of this world 
of sin and shame uh, to come in uh, uh, for, to a better way. But you know what? They just won't answer that call. God told uh, uh, Jonah what to do, to go down to Nineveh and preach to that country. Uh, but Jonah didn't want to go. Uh, and because of his disobedience, it cost him, uh, it cost him something, uh, being uh, swallowed up uh, by a whale. And what would it cost us uh, when we hear God's voice and go the other way? What would it cost us? It caused Jonah trouble. Jonah was in the whale belly. Uh, the Bible said, what? Three days and three nights, he was in the belly of the whale, uh, belly of the beast. I mean, what's it like to be inside of a, a, a mammal or an animal stomach? Three days and three nights. And when I think about that, being in his belly, you know it was dark in there, right? There's no doubt in my mind it was dark. There's no light in the belly of a whale. And you know a whale, uh, uh, he, he's, he's in the ocean, and, and he probably went from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom, just traveling. And here you are inside his stomach, in his intestines, and no telling what all else he have he eaten before he swallowed you, and you you in all that. Oh, it was horrifying. I can imagine right now in my mind, uh, 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 I don't know what he went through or what he was feeling, but I, in my mind, I could just I could just imagine the horror and the terror that I would be in to be inside of, a, uh, of something, uh, an animal stomach. Three days and then three nights in the well before the well came up. God commanded him to come up and puked him and throw him up on the land. So that was an awful experience uh, for for Joel uh, Joel to experience. He heard God, but he disobeyed God. What kind of experience God will give us for for hearing Him and not answering the call? We may not be swallowed. Uh, by a whale. No, I mean, that may not happen to us this, this day and time. No doubt in my mind. We can just rule that out. But God has his ways and God has his methods of chastising us, uh, whipping us uh, into the fold, into where he wants us to be. He has his ways, whatever they might be. Okay. And so uh, we, I'm, I'm just so thankful to God that I heard his voice. And I answered his call, and I'm today continuing to answer his call. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? I hear you speaking. What, which way you want me to go? What do you want me to do? So uh, it's just a blessing to be able to hear God. So in the book of Proverbs, I'm going to start there. Proverbs written by Solomon. Solomon was one of the wisest men that uh, ever lived. And Solomon had a lot of instructions to give. And he wrote to the family of God, and he, he, he many times when he wrote to them, he used the phrase, my son, my daughter, and he spoke to him as a father speaking to his children. So here in chapter 7, uh, uh, verse number 1, he's speaking, and he's speaking as though he's speaking to a dear son. So look at chapter 7, verse 1. It starts off by saying, here he is, Solomon. He said, my son, keep my words. Keep my, when I looked up that, when he said, keep my words, he said, keep my advice. You know, a father should be able to give advice to his children, to uh, his family, to anybody. Amen. He said, my son, keep my advice and lay up my commandments with you. 
Lay them up. Lay them up. My commandment with you. Verse number two, he said, keep my commandment and, and live in my law as the apple of the eye. So here Brother Solomon saying to his son, to his sons and daughters and all of us today, he said, keep my what? Commandments and live. So what is that saying to us? If I keep the word of God, if I, if I do God's will, it will ensure me that, that I might live a, a healthy and a prosperous life. He's a keep my commandment and live. So the, the, the opposite of that, if I, if I refuse to keep the commandments, it could cause me harm and danger. Y'all see that in verse 2. So I thank God today. I'm doing my best to keep God's commandment that I might be able to live uh, a, a healthy and a productive life. And then it said, and, and, and live, and, and my law as the apple of the eye. So when you think about your eye, it's the apple of your eye. My goodness, keep my law, keep the words of God as the apple of your eye. In verse number three, he goes on saying, uh, bind them upon thy fingers. Oh, my goodness. So here he really had a way of telling uh, the people how to keep the word of God. You know, I, you go to some people's houses and you can see that they have all kinds of uh, things in their house. Sometimes you might look on a wall and, and you might see a, a plaque or something on the wall that said, God, watch over this house. Or you might see something in the kitchen say, Lord, Lord, we thank you for uh, uh, the food you helped me prepare in this kitchen. You got all kinds of signs you can buy and attach and put them on the wall, thanking God for what he do for you and your family uh, uh, in that home. And so this is what this is what uh, uh, Solomon is teaching sure. And I think it helped it for everybody to have something in their house uh, alluding to, to the sayings of God. Let, let folk know that this house house is a blessed house and so all Solomon is doing is telling the children of men how to do he said take the commandments of God he said write them on your finger well that's something you see people get all kinds of tattoos they put something on their neck they put something on their face they'll put uh they'll put tattoos all on their legs and all on their body but here he's speaking about writing the words of God on your finger I don't know how we write it with a pen or ink write write a commandment on your finger that's awesome right there right on your finger I love love God. Well, people don't want to do that. They want to put something else on there. But here Solomon is advising that we should take the commandments of God and write them and place them all out our, our houses, our home, and, and on, even on our body. Put it wherever you want to put it to, to help you remember to love God. Hang a little uh, uh, whatnot in your car. Uh, uh, put a whatnot on your car saying, you seen it, God is my pilot. God is my co-pilot. God, why is I'm in this car? God is in control. Uh, uh, you know, they have all kinds of whatnot things that you can get to remind you of uh, what God is to you. And so we need to do that. It's, it's, it's sad if you could go if you go to a house and you see nothing in that house that says anything about God. Nothing on the wall, nothing on the table, ain't no sticker on the refrigerator, ain't nothing in that house that reminds you about the goodness of God. Isn't that something to think about? Most every house I went to got something in it. 
uh, that will say something about God in the house. If they don't have nothing but the Bible on the table, something. So this is what Solomon is, is, is advising the sons of men. He said, keep my commandment and live in my law as an apple of thine eye. He said, three, verse 3 said, bind them up on thy fingers, write them up on the table of your heart. Take the commandments of God. Take the word of God. Write them up on your heart. You know, that's where it really, really, you know, you can have it on the door. You can have it here or there. But the best place to write the commandments of God is where? In your heart. So when the commandments and the sayings of God are in our heart, then we can we can we can go deep, go within our heart, Amen, and bring up bring up God's saying. They will easily come to mind, memory when they are up on the table of our heart. Thank you, Lord. Verse number four said. Say unto wisdom, here's what Solomon is saying to the children of men, you and I. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. Y'all see that? And call understanding thy kinswoman. So when I looked at verse number four, Solomon is giving instruction to the children of men. You know, I'm talking about hearing God's word. He said, Solomon saying, here's what you should say to wisdom. Wisdom, you are my sister. You know, we we would if wisdom is our sister. Your sister's supposed to be your uh your your you know your family member, and then understanding is your cousin. So if we will take a look at wisdom, these two right here, wisdom and understanding, and wisdom is a principal thing. The Bible said, but uh, and he said, but in all thy getting, we'll get what get an understanding. So Solomon said, he said, wisdom is your sister. That's what I want to say. Good morning, my sister, wisdom. And then understanding is my cousin. So if I would take my sister and my cousin, and they and, and you know how you feel about your sister, you know how you feel about your cousin. I was with some of my cousins on yesterday evening for a little short time. You know how, and I was glad to see them. They, in, in turn, were glad to see me. You know how you feel about your relative. So if we would feel the same way about uh, uh, wisdom and understanding that we do toward our relatives. We will learn to appreciate God so much, appreciate his word, love his word. Wisdom is my sister. I, I got a chance to see two of my sisters on yesterday, my oldest sister and the sister next to her. Got a chance to spend some time with them. I hadn't seen them in a while. Got a chance to bump shoulders with them and hug some of them. Some of them want to hug. They don't want to bump. I ain't seen you so long, boy. Just just grab you. But anyway, uh, uh, it was just good to be around family. I know how I feel about my family, my sisters. I know how I feel. Or uh, uh, you feel about your family, and uh, and so he said here, say unto wisdom, say to call wisdom, thou art my what sister. So wisdom, I thank you this morning. You my sister. So whenever I need a good word of advice, Amen. I can go to my sister wisdom for wisdom uh, for a good word of advice. You know it keeps me from going wrong. And when I think about wisdom, it's my sister. When I think about understanding, it's my cousin. So how can I go wrong with my sister wisdom and my cousin understanding? How can we go wrong? Well, what we do, we go out in life and we forget all about our sisters, fall about our, un our understanding, which is our cousin, and we make, we make terrible mistakes. What Solomon is teaching us to value wisdom and understanding just like you will value a family member. 
You're going out to do something, going out to purchase a car, purchase a home, to do anything, to do business. Business. Think about the business that you do, that you transact during the day. Think about them like you would think about a family member. And you will make less mistakes in life. You will have less heartaches if you would think about them like you think about a family member. So say unto wisdom, you're mine, you're mine. You're my sister. And call understanding thy cousin. Now, verse number five, if you do that, verse number five said that they might keep thee from the strange woman and from the stranger with flatter with her lips. Amen. So what God is saying here through Solomon, if we will use wisdom and understanding, look, it'll keep you from a lot of hurt and a lot of danger, a lot of pitfall, from making a lot of mistakes in life. If we would just we would just heed to wisdom and, 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 and understanding. All the mistakes I made in life is because I didn't listen to wisdom. The mistakes I made in life are because I didn't consider understanding. The mistakes that you made in life because you weren't thinking about wisdom nor understanding. And this is what Solomon is teaching us here on this morning. Amen. The words of God. I thank God I can hear. Now, going forward, I thank God I can hear wisdom calling more than ever before. I can hear understanding knocking at the door of my house more than ever before. What about you? What about you this morning? Can you hear wisdom? Can you hear understanding, knocking and calling and talking to you? Amen. Now more than so. As you as you as you're getting older, we're aging, we're aging, and we're getting becoming more and more mature in life. Can't you hear wisdom operating in your life, calling and talking to you about the things that you're about to do, the things that you about to uh you about to encounter some things? Don't you hear wisdom speaking to you more now than it was when you were in your teens? When you were just a lad, you made all kind of foolish mistakes and done everything uh, foolish that you could think of. Don't you hear wisdom talking to you now? Don't do that. Slow down. Get you some rest. You all just uh, just go to bed a little early tonight. Can't you hear wisdom telling you? Get you some rest so you'll have a, a feel have a better day tomorrow. Huh? But when we were young, wisdom didn't, couldn't tell me nothing. Stay up all night long. When it was said, get you some rest, I said, I'm going to stay up tonight. Well, understanding was said, uh, why don't you read a book? Well, uh, when I was young, I didn't listen to understanding. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to read because I don't want to know nothing. And so now as we're getting older, wisdom and, and, and understanding is speaking to us more. And you know what? I don't know about you. I'm beginning to listen. And I'm beginning to reap benefits from listening more now to wisdom and understanding than I did back then when I paid it no mind. If we can just get people today to listen to it more, your life will be much better. Can somebody say amen right there? Your life will be much better. Listen to wisdom. Listen to understanding. Uh, and, and you will be better. Everything will be much better. Now, come go with me uh, to the book of, uh, uh, in the New Testament, the book of St. John. We're just going to be in teach mode today. I listen to wisdom now. I listen to understanding now more than I ever did in my entire life. I hope you do too. See, the older we get, we, we really can't, uh, we really can't uh, uh, take a, a chance on a lot of things. Y'all listen to me. See, see, I'm getting older now, so there, there's a lot of things now. Before I do it, I think twice, double, triple about it. Versus when I was young, I wouldn't think twice I would do it. Why? 
because then I had I felt like I had a, a better chance if it went wrong of uh, 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 doing it again and, and try to get it right or repeating it again and get it right than, than, than I do right now. Does that make sense to anybody? So right now, at my age now, I, I won't go out and do something foolish because you may not can recuperate behind it. You may not have time to, to uh, uh, you know, to, to do it all over again. But when you're young, time is on your side. And when you're older, it's not on your side. So you have to think about wisdom and understanding now because you you may not can uh you 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 may not get opportunity to redo it again and get it right. So I'm listening more to wisdom and understanding now than I ever did in my whole life. And I want to encourage all of you, all of you do the same thing. Listen to it more now than you ever did in all of your life because you may not get a chance to do it over. You may not get a chance to straighten it up or, or recoup. And, 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 you know, and you, it may not happen. So you got to right now, uh, God is teaching us to, to uh, a, a wise man. He said in a multitude of uh, a decision, you, you, uh, uh, you got to have some counsel. Y'all follow what I'm saying? In a multitude of counsel, there is safety. So you got to think about it now. Now look at look at what the word of the Lord said in the book of St. John 10 chapter. We're talking about hearing God's word. So I can hear God now. I can hear him now. Oh, I don't care the distraction out there, the, 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 the darkness that's out there, that whatever's going on out there, I, I can still hear God. God got my ear right now. Y'all listen to me. He got my ear now more than he ever had it at, at any point in my life. I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. I can hear him. Can y'all hear God? Can anybody hear God beside me? So, Lord, I hear you calling me. I hear you. I hear your name. I hear you calling my name. Listen to St. John, the 10th chapter, verse number uh, 22. Let's check this out. Uh, well, I want, let me start at verse, let's see. Yeah, verse 22. That's where we started. All right. Uh, many were saying to me in that day, Lord, 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 have not we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name uh, cast out many devils, and in thy name done many wonderful work. Then when I say I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye, ye that work iniquity. So here, this is a sad day here uh, for these folk. It's going to be a sad day uh, for many when they when they stand before the Lord, that, that white throne judgment. You know there's going to be two judgments, right? There's going to be two judgments. Uh, they're going to be the white throne judgment, and then they're going to be the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the Bible said we all, we all going to stand before Christ and give account of the deeds that are done in our bodies. And then he speaks about the white throne judgment. Now, I thank God today for knowing that the white throne judgment, you and I won't have to stand in during the white throne judgment. We gonna, when we, what the judgment we're going to be in is when Paul said we all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and be judged. That's the saints. That's a righteous judgment. That's a judgment for the church, for us. We stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the white throne judgment, that's the judgment where all the sinners are going to be at. And everybody at the white throne judgment are doomed and damned to go to hell. You don't want to be the white throne judgment. You want to go before Christ, right? Y'all follow me? I thank God. I'm going to go before Christ and the Christ going to call up in my name and ask me about what I've done in my life, all the deeds I've done in my life, and why should I be allowed to come into his kingdom? And, and you know, and so I, even though the things that we've done bad or done wrong before we met Christ, uh, 
Keep this in mind. Those things, he writes it down in the book. Even though you're saved now, the thing that you've done wrong uh, uh, during your time of being unsaved is still written in the book. Yeah. And you have to give an account for it. Lord, I ask you, why did you steal all those chicken from Joe's farm? Well, Lord. I, I, you just have to give an account for it. You won't have a, a good enough answer, but thank God for the blood of Jesus during the judgment seat of Christ. You just have to, it's going to come up before you, but the case and the charge will be dismissed. The blood of Jesus will cleanse us of all our sin. There's no, no, therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So by us being in Christ Jesus, although I have those charges against me and they're written down in the book, they will not damn my soul to hell because I'm in Christ now. Thank God for that. Can somebody say, Lord, I thank you for that? It's on the books. Don't, don't, don't keep it. Don't, don't, don't get it wrong. It's on the books what we did, but it won't send you to hell. You just have to answer for it. Why did you shoot that man? Well, Lord, I was just mad and I just wasn't right and I lost my temper and shot him. Well, you have to answer for it, but it won't send you to hell because you saved. But it's on the books. Y'all follow? I thank God for the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the white throne judgment is quite different. Everybody that judged during the white throne judgment, you are you are there to hear, hear your destiny. Depart from me. Go on to out of darkness. Go on to the lake of fire, the lake that burned with fire and brimstone. You're you going to be there with the, with the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Those are the people that are going to be at the white throne jail. They are there to be sentenced to, to, to hell. Damnation, the white throne judgment. But the rest of us, we're going to be judged by Christ. All right? Thank God for the, for the, for the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. I thank God for that. I just don't want to be at that white throne judgment because everybody's white throne judgment, you know where you're going. Amen. You know where you're going. Now, check this out. He said right now, uh, department, ye the works of iniquity. Verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever, whosoever hear the sayings, uh, uh, y'all said, wait a minute. I'm in a, I'm in the wrong chapter. I gave y'all the wrong one. Okay. I'm going to Matthew. I'm going to Matthew, but I, 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 I gave you Luke, John, but I went to Matthew. Turn, turn, let's go to John. That's why I want to go first. I'm going to come to Matthews. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Y'all want us to word in the world. This preacher at. Uh, St. John, the 10th chapter. Hold your hand up. Say something. St. John, the 10th chapter and verse 22. So y'all say, I know that wasn't, that wasn't reading. That wasn't sounding right. St. John, the 10th chapter, in verse number 22. Now, now, now it's going to sound right, what I'm saying. St. John, y'all got St. John? There we are, 10, 22. And, and it was at Jerusalem, the, the, the feast of the dedication, and it was, uh, it was winter time. And Jesus walked in a temple in Solomon's porch. There came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long do thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. You know, uh, they was they should have never been in doubt in the first place. Uh, they, this is what they were saying to Jesus: Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of David. How long are you gonna have us in doubt that you are the Christ? If you are the Christ, tell us plain. Come out plainly and tell us, I am the Christ. You know, if he had told them plainly, they still wouldn't gonna believe it. Some folks just like they that way. You can prove yourself to them. You can tell them who you are, and they still not don't. They won't believe you. So here they're telling Jesus, how long are you going to cause us to doubt? You, you, you doubted before and you're going to doubt now. The Bible says he that doubted is damned. People that doubt, they're going to doubt. Doubters just going to doubt because that's what they do. You never should have said doubt. You should have said anything. So, Lord, we don't know what you show us. But when you said doubt, you, you, you doubt, you just going to doubt. 
He said, how long you going you gonna to have us to doubt? If thou be the, be the Christ, tell us plainly. Verse 25 says, Jesus answered answer them, I told you. See there? And you believe me not. So how long are you going to have us to doubt? You're going to doubt because you're a doubter. I told you. Jesus told I told you. And you believe me not. So some people, you can explain them. You can tell them this right here. Well, why did you do it? I, I, I'm telling you now why I did it. Then they turn around and ask you, now why did you do it? You, you, you must didn't hear me. Did you not hear what I said? You, they didn't hear it because that ain't what they want to hear. So uh, people are that way. So these folks were doubting Jesus uh, because they, they just didn't want to do nothing but doubt him. He said, I told you. And you believe not the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me. I told you that and you don't believe it. So if I tell you plainly, you're still not going to believe it. Why? Because you are a doubter. Saints, don't be a doubter. I don't Lord, I don't want to be a doubter. You told me I, I'll accept what you said. Verse 26 says, but, but you believe not because ye are not of my sheep. This is why you don't believe, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my, verse 20, 20, 27 said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I'm so glad I can, and anybody here, glad they can hear his voice. I, uh, as I said earlier, I, I, I can hear God's voice now loud and clear more than I could ever hear it in my life. Lord, I thank you today that I can hear you. Meaning, I am one of his sheep. I can hear God talking to me. I can hear him calling my name. I can hear him speaking to me, telling me what to do, how to do, when to do. He said, my sheep hear my, what? My voice. And I, and no, check this out. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Oh, Lord, I thank you. And they follow me. He said, they hear my voice and I know them. Don't you know God know his sheep? God know his sheep. Everybody is not a sheep. Everybody do not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some folks just, just, they actually belong to the devil. That's why I tell the devil from time to time, I don't belong to you. Y'all need to tell him that sometimes. Devil, leave me. I don't belong to you. Get out of here. Leave, leave me alone. Go away. Go away. Get, and Jesus told Peter to say, tell Satan, get behind me. Get behind me. Go away. You ever tell the devil, go away? Just go away. Get out of here. I don't belong to you. I don't listen to you. So Jesus said, uh, uh, he said, my sheep, they, they hear my voice. There's a lot of voices out here, y'all. A lot of voices talking today in this world. But, but you got to be able to distinguish these voices, the voices of God and the voices of the enemy. Do you know the two? Do you know the two? Do you know the voice of God? Do you know the voices of the enemy? If you do, you are blessed today that you know the, the, two, the difference between the two voices. Some people ain't got enough sense to know when the devil is talking, when God is talking. They're so messed up in their mind. Their mind is so twisted. They don't know when it's God. They don't know when it's the devil. They, that's, 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 a, that's a way to shape that our world is in today. They, they are calling right, wrong, wrong, right. Up is down. Down is up. Uh, backwards is forward. It, it's just all messed up. And so uh, you, you got to be able to know the difference in the voices that out here that are, that are calling and speaking. You got to know the voice. And the only way to know the voice is you got to belong to him. I thank God today I belong to him and I know the difference in the voice. When the devil is telling me something, I can immediately say, this is not right. I can say that this is not right. It's not the voice of God. 
This is the enemy. And so he said, my sheep, they hear my voice, and, and I know them. And I'm so glad today to know that, that, that God said, I, I know them. So God know his sheep. He know them by name. And, and you know, he, there's a lot of sheep in the pastors now. There's a lot of people in, in, in the body of Christ. But Jesus said, I know them. And it makes me glad. It gives me great consolation. God know my name. Y'all hear me this morning. God know my name. There's a lot of folks in the world. You know, I don't know everybody in my circle. Matter of fact, I was, I was with my family on yesterday during the graduation time in the backyard. There's some family members were there. I knew their faces, Brother Jane, but I couldn't remember their name. And this lady was looking at me. She said, and, and, and my brother-in-law said, you know who this is, don't you? She said, yeah, uh, I know the face, but I can't, I don't know the name. He said, you don't know who that is? And brother-in-law said, that's Thomas. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I was looking at her, and I didn't know her name either. Her name Rose. I knew her face. I knew she family. But I could, I, I, I don't know what her name was or nothing in the world. So there's a lot of folks named that I don't know. Now, a lot of names you probably don't know either, but you know their face. You've seen them at one point on time, right? But here the Lord said, my sheep, they hear my voice, and, and, and I know them. So all of, I thank God, all the folks in the world that the Lord have to see about, he, he's, he's God, he's big enough to know our name. I'm so glad he don't get me mixed up in the crowd. Who that over there? I know he mine, but what is his name? God ain't like me. I'm so glad God ain't like me. I'm so glad. Y'all glad about it? I'm so glad. Lord, I thank you. You're not like me. You, you God all by yourself. And you, you're in control. And you know you know the beginning to the end. And you do, your memory is not short like mine. I didn't know Rose. And she didn't know me and my name. And so here just the Lord said, my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know me today. I know them. And then he said, and they what? They Follow me. Why do I follow him? I know him. Would you follow somebody you don't know? This is what's wrong with our children today. Our society, our young people, they, they following somebody they don't know. You don't know that man. You don't know that woman. You don't know the devil. You don't know what you don't know what he's trying to do to you. You do you know the end game that that he playing game with you? But do you do you know the the consequences of the game? The end game is to trap you and to deceive you and get you bound to go on your own, uh, to go to the devil's hell. That's what it's, the end game is. It's, it's not that he want to be your friend. You gotta know. You gotta know the game. Lie about you. You don't know the devil and you don't know what he's trying to do to you. If you actually, just think about it. If you actually knew a man was trying to get you to eat poison, would you continue to follow that man? Not if you actually knew it. I mean, unless there's something wrong with you. I, I just don't believe nobody crazy like that. I know I'm not. If I, if I actually knew you were trying to poison me, I wouldn't hang out with you. No. The only reason I'm hanging out with you, uh, uh, the light hadn't came on. It hadn't done on me what you all about. I don't know yet. And so, therefore, uh, I'm here because I don't know. And, and so, uh, our young people today, older too, older ones too, they're doing what they're doing. They, they, they don't really know what the end 
game is or what the devil enemy is trying to do. And God told us in the word. Matter of fact, it, it, matter of fact, we 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 in Saint John the 10th chapter, right? We we looking down at at verse number twenty two. We gonna read on down, but you know what? You you know you should know the end game or what the enemy is trying to do. Look up, go up a little bit higher. Look at verse number ten. Go up a little bit higher. Look at verse number ten. We in chapter ten. Look at ten. Look what he said. The thief coming not, but to do what? Steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So we we know the end game. You 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 shouldn't walk around not not knowing what the enemy is trying to do to us. I actually understand what he wants to do with my life. He want to destroy it. He want to kill, steal, and destroy. It. That's what he want to do. I know the end game. So why would I fool around with that fella? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I listen to him? Huh? And I know the end game of what the Jesus is all about too. He said, "I came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly." So I know the ins and outs of both of these, both of these uh, persons here: God, Jesus Christ, and Satan, the devil. I know the end game. So why would I do that? Knowingly, knowing this, some some people they they I don't know. It's just ignorant. And, and some people, I'm going to tell you, some people are just ignorant and they are just possessed. If you go down that road knowing it that it's poison in the cake, knowing it and you eat it anyway, you, you just possessed. Now, some people are possessed and some people are just ignorant and uh, don't know and maybe take a chance that is that it, I'm going to eat the cake, but I don't really believe the poison is in it. They said something, man, but I don't believe it. I'm going to eat it. I, I just don't believe it. Some of us just don't believe nothing. Go on, put your hands in the fire. See what it burns. Don't, just don't believe it. Y'all listen to me. So we know the end game. So knowing, knowing what the enemy is trying to do, we should be a little bit more cautious in life. We really do. But some people, if, if they don't care well, I I I I remember being a country boy. We ate a lot of apples off a tree. I was always conscious of eating the apple, brother James, because some of the apples had a worm in it. And every apple that I ate off the tree, before I just tear into it, either I would take a couple of bites, but I would sort of split it open. The apple, the worm wouldn't normally be on the outside. It wouldn't normally be in the skin. The worm would no always be in the core, the center, where the seed is. So if you got a knife and you split the apple open, if a worm was in it, there where it would be right there. Follow what I'm saying? And one day we were eating the apple, and I told my cousin he was eating the apple, and uh, I said, "Man, it's a worm in the apple." You know what he told me? He said, "I don't care." <laughs> he said, "I don't care," I, and, and I, I couldn't take that. Well, he told me that. He said, "I don't care." He ate the apple and the worm too. He ate the whole thing. He kept eating. I told him, "I said it's a worm in that apple." He said, "I don't care," and he ate it. And so some people. But just like that about life and the operate what the devil is doing that some of them they actually know what the devil is all about they just don't care they just go on and just anyway just do it but something wrong with that individual now I always thought something was a little wrong with my cousin too for eating an apple with a worm in it now he thought nothing but I always thought something something wrong with you boy how could you knowingly do that just think about that how could you knowingly do that but he did people are the same way like some of them uh, people are ignorant of what's going on out here and you know the Bible talk about a uh, person that's sin knowingly and then talk about the person that's sin ignorantly and God judged a man when he God judged a man he said them that sin ignorantly he had a different judgment for them they just didn't know and those that sin willingly he had a judgment for them and that way God going to get a lot of folks today. Some of them are sinning willfully, they know, and some of them are sinning ignorantly. That makes sense to anybody? That makes sense? Okay. 
All right. And so and that's the way God going to judge you. So now come on back to my text here. Uh, I was at what what verse about 22? Did I make it down there? All right, verse 20, uh, 20, 20 no, we were talking about, about, about 25. We had made it there. Well, we made it down to the sheep part, 27. All right, but notice what he said in verse 27. My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28 said, and I give unto them eternal life, and, and, and that they should never perish. Uh, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm, I'm glad that the Lord said that today, that I give them eternal life, and, and they'll never perish. We, are, we, will ever, we won't ever perish. We're going to live for G, with Jesus forever and ever. And Notice what he said, right? Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna be lost. Can't nobody get you out of God. I heard a song the other day coming home as I was riding my truck. The song saying, "The devil, the devil trying to get me out of my church, but he can't get the church out of me." Uh huh. And, and I'm listening to that song, and the lady just kept saying, "The devil trying to get me out of my church, but he can't get the church out of me." The devil trying to get me out of my church, but he can't get the church out of me. So here what the Lord is saying. He said, well, I'm going to give them eternal life and that, that they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The devil can't get me out of God. I know the devil got a hit list on, on me. I know he got one out on me, but he can't get me out of God. What about you? He got one. Oh, Johnson over there telling them folks all this stuff. Man, I could have them folks on their way to hell if it wasn't for Johnson. He's just informing the people. He's just enlightening people. He's trying to help folk be saved. He pointing them in the right direction. I, I know I got a great big X on my back. And for him to see me fall, he would be so happy. What would y'all be at today if I wasn't up in here preaching? If you weren't under this ministry, what church would you be a member of? Some of you probably wouldn't go to church. There's so much stuff out there. You don't trust so many people. Or you'll be in a church that had very low standards. You wouldn't be like you are right now. You, 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 you'll be who you are, but you'll be less. You'll be doing stuff that uh, what, what they, what they, what that they tolerate. Your life wouldn't be like it is right now if you was. Just think about it, in another ministry, because all ministers are different and they vary and they vary based on the knowledge that God has given the man to God. Okay, let's go on a little bit further. And so he said, no man can pluck them out of my hand. Verse 29 said, my father which is greater than me is greater than them all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So the Lord going to keep us at all times. I thank God I can hear God. I can hear God. I hear you more and more, Lord, speaking to me. I can hear you. Alright, let's go to my last scripture. I'm, I'm going to let you go with this right here. Now, let's go to the book of uh, St. Matthew. St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. So, knowingly, knowingly, and in your right mind, a lot of things we, we wouldn't do. You hear folks say, well, I didn't know. Just charge it to my, to my head and not my heart. It really wasn't coming from my heart. Uh, yeah, but you did. You did. But I didn't really mean to do it. It wasn't, it wasn't my heart. It just was just my head. Uh, St. Matthew 7, 24. This is where we are now. All right. Y'all see it? 7 and verse number 24. Uh, Therefore, whosoever, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, it is good to be able to hear the Lord Jesus. And, and do with them, I will liken unto him as a wise man. Uh, see that? Uh, whoever hear my saying, I'm going to show you who he's like. He's like a wise man which built his house on a rock. So, so Solomon told, he said, son, take the word of God. Let them be the, like the apple of your eye. Write them on your finger. Right around your neck, put them throughout your house, put them on your cars, put them on your bumper stickers, put them everywhere you need to put them to remind yourself and remind other people that, that I, I, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. 
And so he said, right here, he said, I'm going to show you that this man, that, that hear my word, that can hear my saying. See, everybody can't hear God. But he said, whosoever hear these sayings of mine, can y'all hear his saying? I'm glad that I can sit at his feet today, this morning, and be blessed. Can you say amen somebody? I can sit before the Lord, and I can just hear him all day long. Just Lord, just minister to my soul. Whosoever can hear these sayings, everybody can't hear it. Everybody can't receive it. If everybody could hear it and receive it, the house would be filled. Some of them can't hear it and they can't receive it. But those that can hear it and those that can receive it, God says, I'm going to show you, he's like a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Now, the house being built on a rock represents something. In other words, if you hear God's word and your house, you're like a wise man that built a house on a rock, he's comparing to you that your life will be solid. Your life will be firm. So people that, don't, that cannot hear God's word and do not receive it, check out their lives. Y'all listen to me. Check their life out and check your life out. Your life is more solid. You are more firm. You are more, you are more stable in mind and your judgment and your ways and your action and everything you do than they are. All because of the word of God and what God is doing for us. Your life is solid. Brother James, your life is solid this morning. It's solid, more solid than the man out there in the street. It's more trustworthy than the, than, than, than the man that's out there in the street. Why? All because you hear God's word. God said, I like you. You're a wise man. You're, you, you're just like a man that built this house up on a rock. I mean, it's solid. It ain't going nowhere. Just check out verse number 25. He said, and I'm going to show you. See, the rain descended. And the wind, the flood came, and the wind blew, and, and it be upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. So God said, trouble going to come in life. Y'all know trouble going to come. The wind going to blow, the, the, the storm, the lightning going to come. Amen. Everything going to happen in our life. All kinds of crisis, all kinds of turmoils. All kinds of earthquakes, the ground moving under my feet. When you think about the thing that happened to you and I, I think so many times, things that happened to me, that the rain did come in my life. The lightning flush, uh, or the lightning flash, the bill of roll, the earth moved under my feet, spiritually, not physically. Things have moved around and shifted around me. But guess what? I'm still standing strong. I'm still solid because I heard God's word. I can hear it and I can receive it. All right. Trouble going to come, y'all. But you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. All right. Now, and, and verse number 26 says, and, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I'm going to show you what he's like. Everybody hear my word and do not do them. I'm going to show you what his life is like. Life shall be unto a foolish man which built his house up on the sand. Now, 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 there's a difference in being built on a solid foundation, a rock, and being built up on sand. I'm going to tell you something about sand. Sand, you can't get no good traction. If your car is on sand, I advise you don't spin the tires. Because the more the gas you give it, the deeper you're going to go down into the sand. You ain't getting nowhere. Folks are like that in life. Their house is on the sand. They ain't getting nowhere. I don't know what's going on with me. Man, I worked all the week. I'm working hard. I'm just getting further and further behind. Somebody said, I ain't getting nowhere. I heard a preacher say that one day. He said, y'all y'all ain't hit me. I ain't getting nowhere. <laughs> he couldn't get no help. But I, 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 I never said like him. I ain't getting nowhere. I'm getting somewhere. I ain't just spending my time. I'm not sinking down in the sand. I'm going somewhere. Why? Because I'm going with Jesus. I'm with the Lord, and I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere in life. Can you say amen, somebody? And when this life is all over, I'm going somewhere. 
Uh, you're just spinning your tire of sand. You're going deeper and deeper, digging a hole deeper. And so when you're on sand, you don't, you don't, you don't spin your tires. You ease on it. And you might get out of that rut. And you might not. And folk life it that way. They wonder why things not working out for them. Things are not going well. Man, you on sand. On sand, you got to be very, very careful. Y'all listen to me. You got to be very, very careful on sand. You got to be more careful on sand than anything. But now you on solid foundation. You on solid pavement. You out there on the street. The street is solid. You on solid rock. Hey man, you, you, man, you can get somewhere. You can go and burn the tires. You can, you, can, you can put the pedal to the metal and get on down the road somewhere. Why? Because you're on a solid foundation. So uh, my life is more stable now. I, I can trust God more. I can get places that I did faster now than I can ever get before. Why? Because I'm on solid foundation. I don't have to. Well, I got to be careful. I got to be careful. You know, uh, 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 things getting bad out here. Uh, the economy is soft. And they say, you know, they say a recession. We're getting back, going, the economy going back into a recession. Uh, jobs are slowing down. They predicting a recession headed our way. But you know what? When you own a solid foundation, you can go and do what you got to do. You said you were going to buy the house, buy the house. You said you were going to get a car, get a car. Why? Because you're on a solid foundation, and God is our rock, and God going to keep us solid. God going to keep us firm. He is, he is the strength of my life. He's everything I need in life. God is God going to meet my need. He supplied my needs according to his riches and glory. So we, we, don't, we don't move and, and, and make our decision based on what the world does. We, we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. It don't matter what the economy look like. It don't matter what the world is doing when you're walking by faith, when you're on a solid foundation, away with the world. We look to God. I will lift my eyes to the high, to what? To heal, which comes my help. All my help comes from the Lord. I'm not worried about what the economy is doing. Why? I'm on a solid foundation. I'm going to burn some rubble. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin the tide and get on down the road. I ain't getting nowhere. You know what I'm saying, man? Get off that sand. Your life is like quicksand. Get off that sand. You can't get nowhere. You on the sand. And I tell you what, you can't walk on sand. Let sand get on some concrete. Let, you have, you let, sun, let sand get on a, a, a bare flow. Let sand get on anything that's solid. And I guarantee you, you'll slide and you'll fall and break your leg. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Sand ain't no good. You'll slip up and fall back and break your hip. You on sand. And so we don't want our lives to be that way. So whosoever hear these sands of mine, your life is like a man that you on a solid foundation. And if you don't, your life is like a man that's on sand. I don't want to be on no sand. Sand is no good for me. I want something solid, and ain't nothing solid than Jesus Christ. He said, whosoever hear these sands of mine, you like a man on the rock. Whosoever don't hear it, you're like a man, a man that built his house. Verse number 20, uh, uh, 26 there. And everyone that hear these sands of mine and do them not should be like unto the foolish man which built his house up on the sand. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the wind blew, and beat up on the house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Look at that. Sin don't keep things together. It really don't. Your life will never be together as long as you own sin. My word to everybody today, get off that sand and get on a rock. And that rock is Christ. Give the Lord a hand praise. Get off that sand. Get off that sand and get on the rock. God bless you. I hope I said something to encourage your heart today. All right. God bless you. Amen. For our service on today, Lord willing, look forward to talk with you during midweek. God bless you until next time. Goodbye. 
Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.